Hello guys, this is Ian K. Lauren, and you are now entering and getting off at the Paris Station. So, so I'm actually feeling like very, very prolific this month, actually. You know, I've actually done like two other shows recently, so far I'm like, so I'm feeling like so cream prolific, and so forth, so I got my groove on going back after like a long time of just kind of like, ah, uh, shit, just not working the fuck out when you need it to as it goes as real life and reality goes I guess you know what I mean so but what I'm gonna do right now I'm actually gonna like return back it's been a long 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 time since I've actually done like a music episode actually you know what I mean I mean the last great one which you might have like listened to was like the Deep Elm episode from like a few months back actually I think seven months ago I believe so and so forth but I'm actually gonna talk about since I'm here it's been on my mind for a little bit I'm actually going to talk about, you know, you can call it like hair metal, pop metal, all that stuff, or melodic metal, blah, blah, you know. I'm going to do like, kind of like, and I think I'm going to do a two-party here, I believe, because I actually grew up in the time of like hair metal slash pop metal, so I, you know, like, and how just a lot of those bands were really a part of their time, kind of, and they never really got out of them the 80s, really, I mean, so... Especially their guy like Headbangers Ball and all that stuff and like there's never been things like and and also because there's gonna be like a couple of rules actually that will be different than like all these kind of like countdown shows and things and what's gonna happen right now I will like talk about certain songs who are like the best like caramel songs or like pop metal songs of all fucking time I like caramel because I'm caramel it's about really about the fucking hair but there's a lot of people. You know, like Chris Jericho, who doesn't like the term hair metal, but, you know, come on, it's like, what's the first thing you fucking visually saw for half these fucking bands? Their fucking hair. The fuck? You know? Let's be real here. So, I mean, but one of the rules is actually, there are no ballots here. I mean, no, like, Sweet Child of Mine, no Fly to Aliens by Slaughter, no Here I Go Again by Whitesnake, no ballots. Because ballots became a fucking cop-out, actually, you know? And, like, it was, like, a cheap way for, like, to get, like, cheap pop stardom and get on the charts and get, like, the women. So, I, you know, which is, I can respect that last part, I guess, you know. But the songs I'm going to talk about will be just, like, kind of, like, either forgotten masterpieces or just, like, stuff that you may have never heard before. I mean, if you may grow up with just, like, listening to, like, Steel Panther which a band which I like actually I mean so or The Darkness actually if you go with like that version of hair metal that's cool I guess yeah 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 but I do have some songs which I'm working on kind of you know like and you'll see a couple of doubles from a couple of bands that became like ironically classic rock bands you know what I mean you'll get a couple of them at least in this you know but a lot of the other acts were just kind of like one riff wonders or one hit wonders kind of you know and they are parts of their time but their songs were like really really fucking great because hair metal sorry hair metal excuse me huh, was think about it, it was loud it was crazy it was white but it was very 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 american you know there's nothing like you know teasing your hair up having like a big cherry red rust Mustang or something, you know, cruising down the street, picking up, like, your hot blonde girlfriend, all that shit, you know. We all grew up with it. We all grew up with, like, that idea of, like, hair metal, 
pot mail, like being as American as fuck. I mean, you know, and like I said, like, you know, it was very, very, like, inspiring. Hair metal, and I'm just gonna call it hair metal because that's what the fuck it was to me. Hair metal slash pop metal was very, very aspirational as a form of music, you know what I mean? It's like what you want for your life, especially if you live in the Midwest or something, you know? This lifestyle, especially with the hair metal videos, kind of, were like what you kind of wanted to be, what that means, though. And also, even though, like, um, ah, shit, I have to breathe for a minute, because when I get started, I always start, like, ranting and ranting and talking, 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 but, um, but, like, one thing I'll talk about here, because I'll talk about, like, bands, like, obscure bands, like, Trickster, like, LA Guns, which is not that obscure, really, you know, but, like, Fast and Pussycat was a little more obscure. And, like, bands like that, and, like, Saxon, and, like, Dixon, and, like, hair metal bands of that time, kind of, you know, I'll have songs like them, and also, acts like, The Boy Boys, Shotgun Messiah, and a few more people that we'll talk about this in this. I believe it will be a key part of that, you know. So this episode is pretty much about, like, giving you, like, an education about, like, kind of the obscure hair metal, kind of, you know, and kind of the forgotten great songs of that time, like, the mid to late 1980s, you know, so before grunge came in. And that's what this pair station will be about. So sit back, get, like, a glass of shot, a glass of scotch neats, you know, and enjoy the songs and the stories behind some of the songs. And you are now getting ready for the Paris station. Okay, to get this party started and to preface this, I was a huge 1980s rock fan, of course, and you know my favorite band was Duran Duran. But when New Wave and New Romantic actually just played some out by like 1986, 87, kind of, you know, the first quote unquote hair metal album I actually bought was Rats Invasion of Your Privacy. But for a lot of fans, a lot of their favorite rat album is like Out of the Cellar, so I mean, but mine was Invasion, so I mean. Now, just remember, for those who don't remember, Rat was actually Stephen Piercy. Warren Martini, Robin Crosby, who actually was a ribbon guitar player who was, like, my height at the time, so that was actually kind of cool. Bobby Blosser was the drummer, and I hate to say it, but I don't remember the fucking bass player, and it fucking sucks right now, you know? And I've been literally racking my brain for, like, the past, like, two hours, because I have his image in my fucking head, but I can't think of, like, the bass player's name of Rat, but I know everyone else in Rat, you know, but the fucking bass player... And it's so funny because I play bass. And it's so fucking retarded that I don't fucking know that. You know. Anyway, and probably most of you guys know the song like Round and Round. So, I mean, and it's probably the, what, I don't know, 25th version of the top song with the terms Round and Round in the 1980s. It was like them, New Order, Tevin Campbell, fucking A. I mean, you know. Now, the album cover for Invasion of Your Privacy was definitely one of those classic, like, glam rock fucking hair metal fucking album covers with, like, this gorgeous blonde under, like, this shiny moonlight with this open door, and she's, like, putting on her stockings and stuff, so, I mean, you know, and it's kind of like a 
black and bluish kind of tints. Actually, you know, it's a really cool, like, album cover. So, I mean, and also on that album, actually, there's a lot, there was actually a lot of great songs that I remember because, but my favorite was, like, Lay It Down, which you actually might know. And also, You Should Know By Now, which is kind of like, I guess, a B side track kind of, you know. But my favorite track, it's technically the beginning of, like, Invasion of Your Privacy. So, I mean, and it's well, especially with the guitar riff, it just kind of, like, kicks you in the fucking face and gets you ready to fucking get hype, go out, and go cruise for some fucking strange-ass, like, teenage chicks. You know what I mean? So, I'm not saying I would do that now because I'm, like, 48, mind you. But I would say, like, when I was, like, 16, you know, like, every time I would hear this song, I would want to get pumped, go out, and go to the boulevard. And the song I'm talking about is Rats, You're In Love. You take the midnight subway train.
love. Ladies and gentlemen, that was that. And you're in love. And I still can't believe I forgot the name Juan Crotier, the bass player. Son of a bitch, I am such a bad fan. Oh my fucking God. Now, the next song I'm going to talk about is the epic Poisons, nothing but a good time. Now, for those who don't remember the band Poison, just a but if you listen to his podcast, you know who the hell Poison was, actually. And still kind of is, I guess. I don't know if they still tour or not. But for those who don't know, Poison was pre-Rock of Love, Brett Michaels, bassist Bobby Dahl, guitarist C.C. DeVille, and drummer Ricky Rocket. And tell me if those names don't sound like something a T-Rider created for like a sitcom about a clam metal band. Come on. Brett Michaels, Ricky Rocket, Bobby Dow, Stacey DeVille. Those are like some of the best names in glam rock ever. Oh my god. I mean, so those are some of the best names in rock ever. So, I mean. I will say this about Poison, you know. For men, they are very hot looking women. I have to say that. Because they definitely had their glam tame on tight. Their glam game was like androgynous to the max, though. So, I mean. But the next song is considered by me and a few millions of fans of Poison as their magnum opus. And they were, at the time of their creative pinnacle and creative powers, because after the album opened up and say, ah, I hate to admit, as a fan, it started to go downhill. I mean, it went downhill really quick, in my opinion, you know. But the band didn't jump the shark, per se, you know. But they went truly as far as they could go with the whole, like, late 80s glam rock vibe, kind of, you know. And this is, grunts just coming on, kind of, you know. And they went as far as they could. And they tried to turn themselves like a real semi-gritty, like, rock band, you know. And this is going to go to a rich side note to the song, actually, because... Now, I'm a fan of the CW's hybrid of Archie Comics and David Lynch called Riverdale. That you see, like, I love this series, it's really great, you know what I mean? And I'm a big Archie Comics fan, so, I mean... And occasionally, in the past, like, a lot of teen shows, especially, like, Buffy and Glee and so that, you know, they'll break into, like, musical song, you know? One thing I appreciate about Riverdale is they don't go with, like, the old, like, 60s and 70s crap, like, Symphony for the Devil by the Rolling Stones, or, like, I don't know, like, all along the Watchtower and all those, like, played-out shit, you know? They play, like, what I like to call, like, modern classics, you know? Because when I was growing up, you know what I mean? Those songs, like, Symphony for the Devil and, like, the 60s and 70s stuff, that was, like, retro. That was, like, ancient in my time, you know? But then, like, the songs they use now from the 80s and 90s, especially to, like, a millennial kid or, like, a Generation Y kid, a lot of those songs are, like, pre fucking prehistoric, you know, to them. I mean, so... But one thing which hurt my heart, the girls from the series Riverdale trying to do like this Kylie ugly kind of cosplay thing, you know, to raise up money for the town of Riverdale or some shit. I don't remember what the exact episode was about, but they're always raising money for something like out of a Mickey Rudy Andy Hardy movie. But anyway, um, the four girls like Veronica, Cheryl Blossom, um, uh, Cheryl's girlfriend, oh, Tony Topaz, and Betty, Betty Cooper. So, I mean, they sing, like, Nothing But a Good Time by Poison. And it was so bad. It was so fucking horrible. It hurt my fucking feelings. I mean, oh, my God. It, like, hurt my fucking ears when I heard it. And it's like, 
and I, and for the first time in my life, I became like that guy that was like back in my day. I became that guy, son of a bitch. I mean, and it was because it was so terrible. And and then like they don't sing, they can't sing because they can sing fine. They're not singers. I get that, but but when they did like their version of that poison classic it i just like peaked in my mouth a little bit when i heard it and like and it was so sterilized and you kind of realize how badass the song actually really was until like these teeny boppers just kind of ruined it i mean you know, and yeah i've become that guy at least for this thing i've never thought i would come that but like I'm sorry, they just sterilized it and made it to, like, something. But one thing I'll say about, like, that performance on Riverdale, the lesbian character, Cheryl Blossom, actually took the line, like, that Brett just says about, like, I like my woman in wine, but I couldn't tell you where I spent last night. So, I mean, I got the little in-joke of that, because she's a lesbian, she likes girls, I got that. I thought that was kind of cool. But other than that, the performance was crazy, so, I mean... And once again, because I've round on a bit, but in my humble opinion, this is the greatest song Poison ever wrote. So, I mean, and also the greatest glam rock video of all time. This is Poison's Nothing But A Good Time.
Now I know I talked about a little bit about like how the Riverdale kids kind of messed up Poison's Dumbbug Good Time, kinda. Now, everybody, if you hear like some cars in the background and little birds and silver like that, I'm actually walking down Franklin Avenue, trying to like finish this episode, and also I have to do an area in Glendale also. But if you want to see, if you want to hear a really great cover, you should have the Bullet Boys doing the OJs for the love of money. So now, if you don't remember the Bullet Boys, the Bullet Boys were like Daily Rob cosplayer Mark Turin, guitarist Mick Sweeta, bass player Lonnie Vincent, and drummer Jim DeAnda. So on there, and they actually had like two good albums. The very first album with like the great art and. The very first album is a badass album, so with stuff like Smooth In Ya, like Kissing Kitty, Badlands, everything else. So, I mean, lots of great chuck in the first album. And their second album, Freak Show, which is pretty good, but they were trying to do like the more dark Van Halen Diver Down type of territory. And they tried to do a like more darker sound for the time, kind of. But it was what it was, and Hair Metal was on its way out, like I said before. But once again, if you want to hear a really great cover of like a great hair metal cover of an R&B song, this is the Bull Boys doing the OJs for a love of money.
Let's get naughty.
Now, I was going to actually do two separate shows, like one on the greatest hair metal songs of all time, and I know it was going to be like a Thanksgiving kind of a podcast thing, but I decided to combine the two, because all my Thanksgiving things I was thinking about was pretty much like my thoughts on Thanksgiving, really, you know? I'll just say this, actually, um, that now I say, quote, unquote, Thanksgiving is about family, but then I actually prefer more Friendsgiving, which is, like, a more recent thing, kind of, you know, because, like, one thing I've learned in, like, my almost near half century on this earth now, that, um, family is relative, you know, family isn't blood, really, like, the emotional thing of family has nothing to do with blood at all, because the people who I call my family are not blood-related at all, because the people who are, quote-unquote, my blood pretty much betrayed me about, like, 48 years ago, kind of. Well, not 48 years ago, no, they actually betrayed me 22 years ago, just to be more fair about it, I guess, you know what I mean? And because of, like, when I really need someone, they weren't there for me, you know. And when I had money, they took from me and how they cussed over me and how they took advantage of me, kind of, you know. And the people who took care of me and helped me when I was in trouble, when I had nothing, were not blood ready at all. And so, so, honestly, it's kind of like, because on this Thanksgiving, I'm actually going to share Thanksgiving with, like, my real family, you know. Which, think about it, it's only, like, two or three people, kind of, you know. Yeah, two or three people, really, you know, that I call family, you know. Really, it's like, who've always had my back. There's one person who I'll call, like, my sister. And one guy I call my brother, kind of, you know. He's, like, my big brother. But, ironically, he's younger than me. But he knows so much more than I ever could, you know. That's the irony. He's like my big brother. But he knows more than me. Well, he, he, yeah, it's so weird. And if anyone was ever really, really, truly in trouble, about 95% of the time, he always was there. He always was by my side. He always had my back. I mean, hell, he even gave me, like, money to go back to Texas to reconcile with my fucking family. Which, looking back, and, you know, sorry, Manny. I tried to reconcile my family, but I wasn't feeling it. It was bullshit, you know, and I just wanted a trip to fucking Dallas just to go back and just be there again, you know, because I went to visit my family, and it was just such bullshit. I mean, why would I be in the house of a woman who made me fucking homeless? What the fuck was I thinking? You know what I mean? So, but I was trying to forgive shit. Okay, we can talk about forgiveness on there show and everything like that you know but my message to you to like and also side note i want to thank the eight six people who have listened to this podcast to all the fans that i have like all 20 of you who like listen to this i want to say honestly thank you so much because i enjoy doing this i'm so glad that someone actually listens to like my bullshit you know and I think that warms my heart, and this is why I still kind of do this stuff, you know, because I love doing this. I love hearing from people. Well, not hearing from people, sorry about that. Um, I love when people listen. That's what I meant to say. And so, I'm going to say it's, I'm kind of doing this right now because it's like 7.40 Thanksgiving morning, and I'm going to take a shower and do a couple of things, and 
hopefully my checks in. And um, I guess my message to like the fans of like my podcast, the Paris Station, is um, be thankful for the people who stand by you, who have your back, who to a little point protect you, and to a point actually care about you. Be thankful for those people in your life because a lot of people out in the streets or people who just like because circumstances where they don't have people that they can lean on or turn to this can go from people on the street to like the richest people in the fucking world they just don't have anyone that they can trust or who care about them. you know it's really sad to say and um just be happy with that and so and be grateful and I want to say that go fucking eat, get fucking stuff. And this actually plays into like the last song we're going to do because I am going to do a part two of this actually later. I would say once again, like get all the turkey, anything vegan, the stuffing, stuffing, which is like my thing, you know, and enjoy your family, enjoy your friends and sleep your day away. And in fact, to end on this, here's the band, D.A.D., called Sleeping My Day Away. Oh, once again, this is Ian K. Lauren, and you are now departing the Paris station.